1 Kings chapter 6. In the 480th year after the children of Israel had come out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel in the month of Ziv, which is the second month, he began to build Yahweh's house. The house which King Solomon built for Yahweh had a length of 60 cubits and a width 20 and a height 30 cubits. The porch in front of the temple of the house had a length of 20 cubits, which was along the width of the house. 10 cubits was its width in the front of the house. He made windows a fixed lattice work for the house. Against the wall of the house, he built floors all around, against the walls of the house all around, both of the temple and of the inner sanctuary, and he made side rooms all around. The lowest floor was five cubits wide, and the middle was six cubits wide, and the third was seven cubits wide, for on the outside he made offsets in the wall of the house all around, that the beams should not be inserted into the walls of the house. The house, when it was under construction, was built of stone, prepared at the quarry, and no hammer or axe or any tool of iron was heard in the house while it was under construction. The door for the middle side rooms was in the right side of the house. They went up by winding stairs into the middle floor and out of the middle into the third. So he built the house and finished it, and he covered the house with beams and planks of cedar. He built the floors all along the house, each five cubits high, and they rested on the house with timbers of cedar. Yahweh's word came to Solomon, saying, Concerning this house which you are building, if you will walk in my statutes and execute my ordinances and keep all my commandments to walk in them, then I will establish my word with you, which I spoke to David your father. I will dwell among the children of Israel and will not forsake my people Israel. So Solomon built the house and finished it. He built the walls of the house with the boards of cedar, from the floor of the house to the walls of the ceiling, he covered them on the inside with wood, and he covered the floor of the house with cypress boards. He built twenty cubits on the back part of the house with boards of cedar, from the floor to the ceiling. He built them for it within, for an inner sanctuary, even for the most holy place. In front of the temple sanctuary was forty cubits. Then there was cedar on the house within, carved with buds and open flowers, all was cedar, no stone was visible. He prepared an inner sanctuary in the middle of the house within to set the Ark of Yahweh's covenant there. Within the inner sanctuary was 20 cubits in length and 20 cubits in width and 20 cubits in its height. And he overlaid it with pure gold and he covered the altar with cedar. So Solomon overlaid the house within with pure gold. He drew chains of gold across before the inner sanctuary and he overlaid it with gold he overlaid the whole house with gold until all the house was finished. He also overlaid the whole altar that belonged to the inner sanctuary with gold. In the inner sanctuary he made two cherubim of olive wood, each ten cubits high. Five cubits was the one wing of the cherub, and five cubits the other wing of the cherub. From the tip of the one wing to the tip of the other was ten cubits. The other cherub was ten cubits. Both the cherubim were of one measure and one form. One cherub was ten cubits high, and so was the other cherub. He set the cherubim within the inner house. The wings of the cherubim were stretched out so that the wing of one touched the other wall, and the wing of the other cherub touched the other wall, and their wings touched one another in the middle of the house. He overlaid the cherubim with gold. He carved all the walls of the house around with carved figures of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers inside and outside. 
he overlaid the floor of the house with gold, inside and outside. For the entrance of the inner sanctuary, he made doors of olive wood. The lintel and doorposts were a fifth part of the wall. So he made two doors of olive wood, and he carved on them carvings of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers, and overlaid them with gold. He spread the gold on the cherubim and on the palm trees. He also did so for the entrance of the temple door, posts of olive wood, out of a fourth part of the wall, and two doors of cypress wood. The two leaves of the one door were folding, and the two leaves of the other door were folding. He carved cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers, and he overlaid them with gold, fitted on the engraved work. He built the inner court with three courses of cut stone and a course of cedar beams. The foundation of Yahweh's house was laid in the fourth year, in the month of Ziv. In the eleventh year, in the month, month Bull, which is the eighth month, the house was finished throughout all its parts according to all its specifications. So he spent seven years building it. This chapter um, is probably boring for most people because it's just talking about things you can't really get your head around. Some people ha struggle to understand building plans when they're looking at a building plan. But when you just hear someone talking about a building plan, you know, this room was so big and joined to this room and this type of timber, and it's just so hard to, to visualize that the whole chapter, it just becomes a blur. Um, but what would be interesting would be to sit down with a pencil and try to draw the things you see. Now, artists have done this, and there's, if you Google and just say Solomon's Temple and you look at artist impressions, there are actually lots of different types. And so it's, it's actually not possible to know exactly what it looked like. It was destroyed after all, with no remnant. But the process of thinking about it uh, causes the grandeur of it to come alive in you. For example, in the holiest place, it's said that that room was 20 cubits wide, 20 cubits high, 20 cubits deep, and it had two cherubs. Each cherub was 10 cubits high, with wings, five cubits and five cubits and five cubits and five cubits, and the two outside wings touched the wall, and the two inside wings touched each other. So you've got these two giant angels. Now a cubit is 40, I think about 48 centimeters. So you've got these cherubs are 10 cubits high. So these cherubs are 4.8 meters high, nearly five meters high. If you're a part of peace, um, the inside of our church building is between five and six meters high. So that would be cherub angels standing up most of the height of the inside of our building, standing up with wings and the wings touching each other, two of them, and in between them, the Ark of the Covenant with its own little cherubs on top. So you can see that's kind of cool. And the whole thing covered in gold and all the walls, palm trees and cherubs, angels and, and uh, fruit and flowers. and So the, the, the amount of... Uh, it's not just building a solid building with stone and timber. This is, an, this is a piece of artwork. It's a fabulous, fabulous building. And, um, but pro possibly the most important verse in this whole chapter was the first one where it said that it was in the 480th year after they left Egypt that the building of construction started and it said it was in the fourth year of Solomon. So that verse lines up two dates which I know that probably isn't interesting for most people, but for archaeologists, it tells us, because archaeologists all know when Solomon was when he started reigning, and they know the fourth year of his reign was 974 BC. 
So therefore, if it was 480 years before that, that tells us the Exodus happened in 1446 BC. Now, there's archaeologists and experts who say, that can't be right. They say, no, the Exodus must have happened later than that. The Bible must be wrong. But the Bible is definitely not wrong. <laughs> and we have a very clear dating here. And um, the Exodus most definitely happened in 1446 and during the time of one of the Amenhotep pharaohs. And you can go back to my earlier videos on Exodus and in Joshua, where we talk about all of these things in great detail. But this verse is so important because it helps just to nail the date down exactly. And so it's amazing how God puts these verses in just when they are needed. So then it goes on to describe the temple as being 60 cubits long, which is about 26 meters, um, 30 cubits uh, wide which is about 13 uh, sorry 30 cubits high which is about 13 meters and 20 cubits wide which is about eight meters so it's not a super huge building but it is very elaborate and the entire thing covered in gold in the last chapter we did a, i did some sums and i said that there were 163,300 workmen they worked for seven years and i gave you a sum i did my sums wrong i'm very sorry the cost of their labor in today's wages at $200 a day, working six days a week, would have been $71 billion labor costs only. That's not counting the costs of all the gold, all the elaborate, intricate uh, you know, design and everything that went into it, all the materials, all the stone. Um, if we work that all out, I think we're looking at here a building that's around about $100 billion. So where on earth do you know of any billion, any building worth $100 billion? <laughs> yeah, well, there's not too many, is there? So we've got an elaborate, elaborate building going on right here. All for the glory of God. In closing, I just want you to think back to, um, you know, you might have seen online a, um, you know, discussion about, say, Pharaoh Tutankhamun, the boy Pharaoh. Tutankhamun was a, a pharaoh who was just a boy when he became pharaoh and um, he died at the age of 20 or 22 from poisoning. And what made him famous was the fact that his tomb was discovered completely full of all the treasures, where so many of the pharaohs, their tombs were raided because their own officials would wait till they were buried, they would know where the tomb was, and uh, they would organize for the plunder to be taken out. So Tutankhamun was famous, he became famous not because he himself was a famous pharaoh, but because his tomb was, was fully full with all the stuff and it was such a resource for museums. And the, the prize, the grand prize that came out of his tomb was his death mask. So this is the mask that went over the, the head of the mummy. And uh, you might have seen pictures of it with all the blue and the gold and the elaborate work. Well, now imagine that, the elaborate work of that death mask but imagine that type of elaborate work in a whole temple. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about a grand, grand, elaborate building. Sometimes you hear preachers say things like, the temple in Jerusalem was the most magnificent building in the whole world. And you think to yourself, oh, it sounds like they're just exaggerating. But no, they were not exaggerating. Solomon built the most elaborate building that was ever built. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, the second temple was also elaborate but this first temple would have been something unbelievably imagined, unbelievably elaborate. And it's, it's a picture. Now, none of us will ever get to see it, but it's a picture of the glory of God's temple 
which is you and me, living stones built together. It's the most elaborate thing you can imagine, even though, once again, we don't see it with physical eyes. It's something you need to see with your heart. But once you get a, a sense of the grandeur of God's temple, your life will be changed forever. Father, thank you for these scriptures. Thank you for these passages. I thank you, Lord, that what you did back then was grand in its physical sense. But Lord, I thank you it's a picture of what you're doing now, which is far more grand, far bigger. And Lord, may there be a habitation for God to dwell in the earth. Lord, may there be a habitation in the church, in your people for you to dwell. Come and fill us with your glory, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.